Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I began this assembly with 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 that tell us that we have an adversary that is like a roaring lion. Now because we've only been as close to roaring lions as the National Geographic magazine or television specials, we do not fully appreciate that creature when it's roaring, but the devil is walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we are given the means of protecting ourselves from him. He seeks whom he may devour because not all are devourable. Let's take up at verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 6. When you read the fraternal twin to this epistle, you will find in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 that the Apostle Paul said in that place that the Lord Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and powers and He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, and that in it is the last noun from the previous sentence, His cross. The Lord Jesus Christ spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them, utterly destroying them and their power in our lives on the cross of Christ if we use His armor and go against them in the power and might of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an enemy and we have a war. And the war is going on while you're sitting there. It's not a visible war, it's an invisible war. You have an invisible opponent, and he deals with you on the inside, usually, and not on the outside. Sometimes he can arrange circumstances with the Lord's permission to cause you trouble on the outside. He can, st- he can have his devil stick their fingers in your spark plug igniters and give your engine trouble. He can give you health trouble. But he deals with us on the inside mostly by casting fiery darts at our souls. And here's the, here's the weapons and the armor that we need to put on to combat the devil. It says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Now notice what's just gone before. As the apostle wraps up this epistle, he says the word finally because it's his last lesson. Not the last point or the last verse, but the last lesson. He has just dealt with wives about marriage and their role, husbands and their role, children and theirs, fathers, servants, and masters. And then he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. To do any of those roles properly, we need the power of God. But that isn't really the connection. The connection is he's moving to a final lesson that he wants to give these saints. The emphasis is not that connection, although by its location... It tells us what power we need because the devil likes to mess with us through our relationships when we do not live righteously. But now we come to his final lesson and he says, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He would not say be strong unless it was something you could do. That's an imperative verb construction to be courageous and to be strong. You can choose to be strong or you can choose to take life without sobriety, without vigilance, and the devil will take you. Remember, 1 Peter 5, 8 began with the words, Be sober. Be vigilant. That's being strong. 
If you are sober-minded and if you are vigilant, you are taking a tough, hard course against some enemy. And so that's right here as well in this verse. Be strong in the Lord. There is no strength anywhere else. You can be strong in the Lord taking His name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do this or that. We are told to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. We start with His name. We obey Him. We keep His commandments so that He is with us and His Spirit is not grieved in us. But these words are no different than what the Lord spoke to Joshua when he had to replace Moses. Be strong and of good courage. Over and over, he re- be courageous. He repeated that in Joshua chapter 1. And when we strengthen our hearts, according to Psalm 27, 13, and 14, when we are courageous, what does the Lord do? He further strengthens our hearts. As we step out in obedience to Him and courage to face our enemy, and the enemy that we're talking about right now are the lusts that war against our soul, that the devil provokes into activity and brings along with little suggestions to cause us to sin, we want to stand against those and be strong in the Lord. Paul said to quit ourselves like men. We have a war to fight. You know, church is not our religion. Our religion is not just to come in here and sit for a few minutes and think we've done something spiritually good that's going to save us for the next week. For the next week, day by day, we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. What a wonderful verse. The power, which we've sung about already today, and I mentioned it to you, the glory and power that is in His hand is given to those that put their trust in Him, take His name, believe on Him, keep His commandments, and go forward in His strength. We don't go forward in our own. We can claim nothing. If the Lord were to withdraw Himself from you and take away that power I'm speaking of, you would number Israel faster than David did. The Bible tells me why David numbered Israel. God sought occasion against that nation to punish them. And so He turned David over to Satan. Just what I'm going to preach against. He turned David over to Satan and Satan stood up against Israel and caused David to number Israel. It says the Lord hardened his heart by giving him over to the devil. And he numbered Israel. You know what happened to Peter. Peter wanted the soul of Peter. The devil wanted the soul of Peter. And the Lord said, I have prayed for thee. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. But he let the devil have Peter for a short while without his strength. And look at how fast and far he fell in the same 12-hour period after he had said, I will go to prison or even to death with thee. Now that is a huge reversal of strength. We can do nothing without the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But look at the verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There should be nothing that intimidates us in this world with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ with us. When David arrived on the scene in 1 Samuel 17 and saw that big uncircumcised dog of the Philistines boasting about his strength against the armies of Israel, he said, is there not a cause? We have a cause to fight this war. And the war we have to fight is against the devil. 
Jesus said, without me ye can do nothing. Abide in me, and I in you, and you will have all the strength you need. John chapter 15. How do we abide in Jesus Christ the vine? We believe on Him and keep His commandments. That is abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not mysterious. It is quite simple, and it's quite practical. Our problem is every day we give place to the devil, and we do not seek the Lord Jesus Christ, nor obey Him as we should, and we lose the power of His might that's described in verse 10. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Do you know what he said that about? The learned behavior called contentment. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And Paul had less than you've ever had. And yet he had learned to be content. And speaking of that contentment that he had learned, even though he suffered so much, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When we face our limited circumstances and say, Lord, I'm trusting You. Lord, I love You. Lord, I thank You for everything I've got. We can be content with hardly anything. And we have the power of His might to be content. And the devil can come and try to make you discontented. And you can stay contented in the power of the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will give you by His Spirit every little boost and help that you need to resist the devil if you'll put up the first step. He's really putting up the first one all your life long. You know what I mean, though. If you'll take the first step, and if you'll listen to this sermon and put on these pieces of armor, you will have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can defy temptation and hold it at bay and stand in the evil day. And having done all, you can stand. We have the Lord Jesus Christ on our side. He's already made a show of them openly. I love that fact. The Lord Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. Did He succeed or not? He succeeded, brethren. He's on the throne of heaven. And someone was cast out of heaven. You know, when the devil tries to make you hopeless, there's a reason he wants you to be like him. Because do you know how much he's got? None. Every devil that spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ on earth, did they admit their hopelessness? Art thou come to torment us before our time? They know there's a time coming for every one of them. He's a defeated enemy. The Lord Jesus Christ is one. Is there not a cause? Let's raise the banner and live like living epistles of the Lord Jesus Christ and faithful soldiers and put on this armor. And follow the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience. We can do anything in the all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You submit to God and resist the devil. What does the Bible say? He'll flee from you. When we sang that first song this evening that Keith, this afternoon that Keith Jr. picked, when we were singing about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Son of God's love, devils were quaking at that name. Because I believe in this assembly, there are people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when those seven sons of Sceva took up the name of Jesus, they didn't know anything about Jesus, and the Jesus they did know about, they hated. They were Jewish gypsies. That's why the devil could strip them naked and chase them out of that house. But when men believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and even imperfectly, because no man has ever believed on that name absolutely perfectly, but Jesus Christ our Lord, there is power in that name. I love the Word of God when Peter has that beggar there at the temple, the gate beautiful saying, putting out his cup looking for some money, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none. 
But what I have I give thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. And he, leaping, stood and ran. Sounds like a race down the aisle. But it was better than that healing because this was by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was that girl, that damsel that had a spirit of divination in the city of Philippi of Macedonia. And Paul said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. How long did it take? Did he enter into a discussion with the devils? They came out of her that hour. And her masters realized they had lost all means of gain through witchcraft and sorcery in that city. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you love that name? Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not, my Lord was crucified. But what did that Lord Jesus Christ do when He was crucified? He defeated the devil. He defeated the devil and washed away all my sins. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Not even the devil himself. He's not in heaven accusing the brethren anymore. He's cast down and He's accusing you. Why are you listening to Him? Hold up the shield of faith and shut Him up. Not with your power, with the shield of faith. Even the angels say, the Lord rebuke thee. Because He is one incredible angelic being with power and might far greater than ours. But the shield of faith, thus saith the Lord, it is written, Jesus knew how to handle them. We need to know how to handle them. The passage is not complex. It's not deep. If we won't get waylaid about all the pieces of armor and the body parts they cover. I am, I did not prepare very well for this sermon because I did not read about all the pieces of armor of Greek soldiers. And neither did I read about all the pieces of armor about Roman soldiers. But I did have to, I did read a bunch of commentaries that spent 90% on these passages telling me about Greek and Roman armor. I fear that the men that write like that have already lost the battle. I could have brought a sword. You all know that I like swords. You know that I like shields. You know that I like armor. Has not, this is a metaphor. Right. I told my family last night, should we study coin collecting so that we can understand the parable of the lost coin? <laughs> huh? What do you think? Should we become coin collectors and know all the different coins of the Roman Empire? Maybe the Greek too. Maybe the Hebrew coins of Israel. So that we can understand the lost coin. You don't need to know about coins. You need to know about ten. When you've got ten of anything, if you lose one, you're going to go look for it. You know what that means. Do we need to study boxing? Because in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said, We're not as one that beateth the air. If I find out any of you are watching pay-per-view boxing and try to tell me that you're trying to learn 1 Corinthians 9, I'm going to call your hand. I don't have anything to tell you about armor. I'd be wasting your time. This is a metaphor. This is a figure of speech for us to get the whole armor on. Let's just grab what that armor is and go home. It says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. You don't want just part of it, you want it all, because he's going to look for your weak spot. If he sees a weak spot, he knows he's got someone he can devour. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Lord doesn't do the standing for us, but He gives the armor that we can put on and you can stand against the wiles of the devil. There are temptations that efface every single one of you. Right now, you know what they are. I know what they are. 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He has already defeated them and He's given you the armor to put on where you can defeat them and stand against the devil. Every single one of you have temptations. The devil could be whispering them to you right now. Get the shield of faith up. The shield of faith says, I believe the Word of God more than anything that I ever think inside. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, but thy law do I love. Preach it, Brother Jonathan, and save me from these foolish thoughts. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you can stand, that means you haven't fallen. If you've fallen, you've been defeated. The language is simple. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This verse is not describing anything that most churches fight against. This verse is describing a spiritual warfare that is out of your sight. It is the prince of the power of the air. He's in the air right now, but you can't see him. You can't fight him that way. You can't grab him. He's in the air because he is a spirit that does not have flesh, bone, and blood like us. He goes through that wall, comes in here, and he can throw a deceitful little dart into your heart, and it'll, it'll just come to you as a thought. And so right now while I'm preaching, you're thinking about something stupid about work or someone else in here or some temptation of yours, or what you're going to do this afternoon. Sometimes those are fiery darts from the devil. You are not to mistake how things happen in this universe, and that's what this verse is for. Our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. The Christian's main enemy and his main opponent in following Jesus Christ is spiritual enemies, not physical ones. These four phrases, principalities. What's a principality? It's the realm of a prince. This is describing the power of angelic beings that have fallen and are our enemies. That's what a principality is. It is a place of authority and power of a devil. Powers. Another word. Remember, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Powers are describing the authorities among the angels. It's already told us in the first part of the verse Forget flesh and blood, grab spiritual answers for the four things that are described in this verse. When it goes to the third one, and it says against the rulers of the darkness of this world, that is not the mafia. That is not communists. That's not Fidel. It's devils. It's spiritual beings behind all the darkness of this world. The reason that there is a rise in Eastern religions in the United States over the last 40 years is because of devils. The reason that everybody has taken off their clothes in America, especially when they swim in this country in the last 50 years, did you know that 1930, as recently as 1930, men didn't swim with their tops uncovered? you got to read a book called The Undressing of America. You've got to understand that those fashion trends are not just made up by ignorant faggot designers. They're, they're, they're promoted and instigated by the devils themselves. They're the rulers of the darkness of this world. The reason that there are nations, cities, people, families in total darkness and cannot see the light is because the devil has blinded them. And then when it says spiritual wickedness in high places, that does not mean spiritual wickedness on Pennsylvania Ave in Washington, D.C. That is the high places where the angels roam. We're down here on low places. We're walking around on the earth. What's your vertical jump? 
30 inches, 40 inches. If you're 40 inches, you're in the NBA. You can get 40 inches off the ground. Well, the devil's not quite so limited. He's in, the, he's in heavenly places. He's in high places. He's no longer in the third heaven because he's been cast out of it. But he can certainly travel around in our little solar system. And he can travel around in the atmosphere of this earth. That is our enemy. Paul wants to get your attention. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not abortion clinics. It's not Muslims. Those are indirect enemies that the devil uses. Do you know who said those words, that it wasn't flesh and blood? It was a man who had been whipped and beaten five times and three times uh, and stoned to death. He had some flesh and blood enemies. But he, he was the one making the point, the real enemy is not flesh and blood, it's spirit beings. And they're behind everything. They're behind the crazy thoughts that you get sometimes. They're behind the terrible influences of this world. You turn on the television and you can see the devil at work. The profane, antagonistic, contradictory opposition to everything that is in the Bible. Everything. The Bible it says to be thankful, they complain. The Bible says to honor parents, they disrespect parents, and it goes from there right on down the line. You can see the devil at work. That is not just Hollywood. Because there are rulers in the darkness of this world. We all know that Hollywood is dark, but who's ruling in Hollywood? Is it Steven Spielberg? Wrong. Guess again. It's Satan. Who's ruling on Fifth Ave in New York City with fashion trends in our country? It's the devil. But we don't wrestle against Fifth Ave. We wrestle when the devil comes after us. And we oppose everything that he's doing by putting on this armor. Verse 13, Wherefore, because we have a spiritual conflict of a devil that wants to devour you, take unto you the whole armor of God. Is that a wasted repetition from verse 11? Or is he getting your attention that you need the whole armor? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. There are times where the devil comes after individual men more than in other times. He is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. There were times when he pretty much left Job alone. There were times he came after Job. There were times he left David pretty much alone. There were times he came after David. There were times he didn't want to sift Peter. There were times he did want to sift Peter. That's part of the evil day. And we happen to live in an evil day. Can you tell by looking around? We're living in the perilous times of the last days. But are you able to withstand in the evil day? How do we stand? Verse 14. Stand therefore. He has said, be strong in the Lord, be strong in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, and stand. Do not fall down, do not give up, do not sit down, be sober and vigilant spiritually. And here's how we do it, and by putting on these pieces of armor, spiritual armor, the devil does not have a place to attack us. And so we can stand and withstand him when he does assault us. Verse 14 Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now brethren, I trust the Bible. I am not going to preach to you about how soldiers girded up their loins. I am not going to preach to you about a breastplate. Because when I take my Bible and I read it, and I go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8, I find these words that are different. Now listen to them. But let us who are of the day, be sober, 
putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Do you know what that passage tells me? That's 1 Thessalonians 5.8. Do you know what it tells me? The piece of armor is not important, and the body part that it's covering is not important. That ain't the lesson. That's the metaphor. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I didn't have to read a commentator to find that. All I had to do was look up armor in my little King James Bible with my little tiny mind. Isn't that wonderful? I just look in the Bible. Then all of a sudden I realize, oh, it's a metaphor. So these guys that, that preach these entertaining sermons about armor, you know, I could have brought some armor. I thought about it to tell you that that's not the point. You know what the point is? Truth. Do you know what one word we want out of the first half of verse 14? Truth. Truth is what we want. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for taking a passage that some men have written volumes on. And some of the things they said were good. But let's get the lesson and let's take a lesson home. In verse 14, we want the truth. The devil's a liar. The devil's a deceiver. The devil, it's called his wiles in verse 11. Now, wiles are not coming up to you and saying, I hate God and I love sin. Do you want to hate God and love sin with me? A while is a cunning, crafty technique of trying to deceive you into doing something wrong. We start right out with truth. We girdle ourselves up with truth. We want truth in our lives of every kind. Because the devil is the source of distraction, deceitfulness, confusion, hypocrisies, and heresies. We want doctrinal truth. We want personal truth. We want internal integrity with truth. Because if the devil sees that we are not living in truth in some part of our lives, he is a liar, he's the father of it, and he will find that weakness in your life. We must be lovers of truth. We defend truth in this church. We defend truth in our homes. I hope every parent will punish lying from their children more than any other crime. Because that's looking like the devil. And because that's his technique from the Garden of Eden when he lied to our first parents. Truth is what we want. He is a liar and the father of it. Truth is absolutely certain. We want to seek the truth, speak the truth, and do the truth in every part of your life. The Bible tells us we're not to bear false witness. The Bible tells us to provide things honest in the sight of all men. The Bible tells us to put away lying. The Bible tells us whatsoever things are true, think on these things, Philippians 4, 8. And on and on it goes. The Bible tells us to emphasize truth. Now listen. What is a characteristic of the perilous times of the last days? Men shall turn away their ears from the truth to fables. What are they opening themselves up to? The devil. The devil. That is truth in doctrine. They don't want to hear true doctrine anymore. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. How about personal truth? If I go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 right now and read off that the list of character traits of the perilous times, does it say things like covenant breakers? Does it say things like traitors? Are those all dishonest activities? <coughs> Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? Claiming to be lovers of God but being greater lovers of pleasure? Opening themselves up to the devil personally? Truth is, truth is a broad subject, meaning what God has said is the only thing I can count on. I do not trust men or myself. I fight for it in my church in doctrine. I maintain it in my home. 
Listen, listen to this verse. Let your love be without dissimulation. Do you know what that means? Lying. A hypocritical pretense of love. You're lying. The devil knows when you're doing that because he's more observant about you than you are. He's able to see what you actually do toward people, what you say at home when the rest of us aren't around, and he's able to see that dishonest part of your life and you have given place to the devil and he will devour you. Truth! How important is it to you? Is it all important to you? I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and I hate every false way. Every false way. Whether that false way is doctrinal being preached in pulpits or whether that false way is in my heart where I'm pretending something in the church but I'm not living up to it in private. I'm allowing fantasies in my own head while I claim to be a Christian. Truth. Truth. Where are you cheating any one of you? Where are you cheating and not living a true life? The devil sees it. There is no place you can hide where he cannot find you with other devils and know that you are living a dishonest life. Are you purloining on the job? That is not being truthful. After you've heard a sermon like you did this morning. It can be hypocrisy in your own heart. And it can be doctrine in this church. Do you love truth? The devil can't stand truth because he's a liar from the beginning. Do you know what the truth says about him? It's over. Isn't that right? right? He can't accept the truth. He hates the truth. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He hates the Lord Jesus Christ. So he poses him with every bit of deception and lies that he possibly can. How much do you love truth? Gird yourself up with truth. I am always going to tell the truth. I am going to, I'm not even going to exaggerate. I'm going to help this church stand for the truth. I'm not going to let my children tell lies to each other. I'm going to control that television. And keep it from bringing lies into my household. I'm going to fight truth wherever I can. Are you committed to truth? If you're not committed to truth, you don't have this piece of armor on. The devil can see that. And he will use any lie in your life, whether it's from the inside out or the outside in, to destroy you. He will devour you. We are in a spiritual war. It's coming to a conclusion. But for now, the Lord's left us here. And He is saying, Abide there and wait for me and put up a fight. We're in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's being assaulted by a lying devil. You love truth. What does the first half of verse 14 mean? It's this deep. Love truth. Hate lies. Love truth. Hate hypocrisy. Love truth. Hate error. Love truth. Hate every false way. Love everything true. Let me quote it again. Philippians 4.8 Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. The lying devil doesn't have a foothold in your life when you're holding to truth. The second half of verse 14. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 59 that we have a brother that had on a breastplate of righteousness. Do you know his name? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He had on a breastplate of righteousness. You know what my favorite psalm says about the Lord Jesus Christ in Psalm 45? He loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Right. 
the scepter of His kingdom is a right scepter. Paul liked that Psalm too because he quoted it in Hebrews chapter 1. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. The Lord Jesus Christ loves righteousness. What is righteousness? It's doing what is right as defined by God. Is that simple enough for you? And we put on a breastplate to fight off the attacks of this enemy called the devil. Spiritual attacks can be neutered by righteousness in your life. Doing what God says is right. Whenever we cheat and do not do what God says is right, the devil sees that, and then he can come after us in a spiritual conflict, discourage us, defeat us, and we quit, and we're pretty much a worthless Christian. And he has won. He doesn't care if you keep coming and warming up you. He doesn't care if you read your Bible, as long as you're not doing righteousness every day. Then he has won because you're not like the Lord Jesus Christ. He's called you to righteousness. Remember in chapter 4 of this epistle? We're to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're to put that new man on and be righteous to be like Christ who regenerated us. If you have unrighteousness in your life, He can come and make you doubt the power of God's available for you because you're a sinner. He can come and make you doubt that you're even saved. He know he knows that God won't hear your prayers, so he's very excited because there's unrighteousness in your life on that account. Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. <clears throat> Righteousness protects you from the devil's accusations. Righteousness protects you from compromise, from reproaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, from having doubts about your relationship to God, from fear and from guilt. All of those are devilish things that he does in a man's life that he's destroying. I want you to understand that when the devil destroys you, you don't die physically. He he doesn't care about you dying physically. What he cares about is you dying in your relationship with God. And if that happens, you can sit here, you can read the Bible, you can do anything you want, but he's destroyed you. Do you understand what it means to devour? It doesn't mean that you're going to die of cancer in a hospital. It means you're going to die as far as your relationship with the Lord, Jesus Christ. How does he get you there? By you leaving that piece of armor in the closet. Righteousness. Doing what God said is right. The Lord Jesus Christ did do it. We've just been shown today how we're supposed to do it on the job. If you don't do it on the job, the devil is going to find that loophole, that opening into your life, and he will take you down. Remember? We give occasion to men to blaspheme God and His doctrine when we are not the right kind of employees on the job. When we are not the right kind of employees, when we are not righteous on the job, we can cause God and His doctrine to be blasphemed. Why is a candidate for the ministry not to be a novice? Because he'll get puffed up in pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. So, if we get puffed up in pride, which is an unrighteous thing, then we're going to get condemned right along with the devil. If the devil can make you think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, he's one in unrighteousness. But it goes on further in 1 Timothy 3 about candidates for the ministry. 
It says they have to have a good report of them that are without. What's that for? Lest the devil bring a reproach upon a man. When you sin and are not living righteously, the devil can bring a reproach upon you. And if it's a reproach upon you and you're claiming the name of Christ, then who is it really a reproach upon? The Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you reproach my Savior. Don't you reproach my King. I am His ambassador. I am nothing, but I represent He who is everything. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. God has made us righteous through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, but He's called us to be righteous. He's told us not to touch the unclean thing, to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. God wants us that righteous, not even touching it. I know I say hard things about television. Why? I can't find very much good on it. I say hard things about radio. I can't find very much good on it. I say hard things about magazines and most books because you can't find very much good in them. You don't want unrighteousness coming into your life. You want to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I love Daniel. Daniel in the Bible. I named a son after Daniel in the Bible. Another son in here is named after Daniel in the Bible. Do you know what it says about Daniel? He had an excellent spirit. When all of his enemies looked and searched, I want you to hold on for a second and listen about Daniel. When our president appoints someone to the Supreme Court, do you know what efforts are made by the opposing party to try to find any dirt in that man's life going back as far as grade school and high school? They will look for anything in that man's life. How long had Daniel been in authority in Babylon when they went to inspect his life? What king was he under? Daniel 6. Come on, you historians. Daniel 6. It was Darius. Darius was a Babylonian? A Mede. You mean Daniel had already been in Babylon 60 or 70 years? Yes, he had. We know that, don't we? Because we know he made it to the first year of Cyrus, which was the end of the 70-year captivity. Could they find anything wrong in Daniel's life? Bless the God of heaven. He had on the breastplate of righteousness, didn't he? The devil was... Was there a prince? Was there a prince of media Persia? And I mean a prince of the power of the air. Was there one? Have I taught you that recently from Daniel chapter 10? Were they trying to get rid of that man that was at the right hand of power in the Persian Empire whose name was Daniel? They came after him. The devil raised up those men to want to destroy Daniel. Do you think that all conflicts in a family or in a business are just coincidental? Don't believe in coincidences if you're going to believe the Bible. There's nothing coincidental. It's all under the government of God and the prince of the power of the air is behind a great deal of it. Daniel. They searched all the annals and records of Daniel's conduct and performance in private and public for 60 years in Babylon. And what did they find? It's worth these words. And I'm sorry that I don't know them. They could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, 
except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. That is a great man. Daniel Jones, do you hear me? Daniel Crosby? Are there any other Daniels in here? Have my little mind's forgotten? Look at that testimony. Because he had on the breastplate of righteousness. They couldn't find anything. There were devils behind that because the Bible tells us there was a prince of Persia. And the Persians and the Medes had taken over. That's what it means to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know how specific the Bible is? It's this specific. See, this isn't mystical. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is walking out of here and living a holy and righteous life. It's just Paul using different words by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to encourage us to do that. It's not a mystery here. 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5 through 5. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. The husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also let the wife render unto her husband, to the husband due benevolence. What's the only occasion for separation from that duty? Mutual agreement to fasting and prayer. And then what does it say? Come together again quickly, lest... What? what? <coughs> Satan tempt you for your incontinence. You say, well, that's not very spiritual at all. Because it's, it is, it's a spiritual warfare, but it's not mystical. That's what I mean when I ask that rhetorical question. It's not mysterious. It comes right down to that basic activity and requirement that God has set in marriage, and that's part of the breastplate of righteousness, and that's treating your spouse the way you're supposed to, because when you don't, Satan can tempt you for your incontinence. You say, well, how would he know? Is he in my bedroom? Absolutely! What do you think your sign keep out for the kids? He reads it and obeys it? I'm not a very mystical preacher. Because I can't find a whole lot of mystery in this passage. I find putting on the breastplate of righteousness, and that means doing what's right based on God's definitions. It means doing it on the job. It means doing it at home in your bedroom. All you young men, you know what I'm talking about? You can come and talk to me anytime you want to. All you young girls, all your folly, all your foolishness, all your worrying about your looks instead of your heart and your character. All of you when you pay taxes, all of you when you drive, the breastplate of righteousness, the devil is there. He has his subordinate troops there watching your life. And if you open up a way, He will devour you. He will take you down. He'll take you down. How would He take down that couple in 1 Corinthians chapter 7? Satan tempts you for your incontinence. The sexual drive would not be satisfied in marriage, and so they would look outside. The man could start with pornography. The woman could start with romance novels. They would end up in fornication or adultery. And the devil would have won, even though they stayed as members of the church. Are you, are you with me? You don't have to die and be in a cemetery for the devil have to devour you. All you have to do is lose your powerful living position and practice as a child of God walking worthy of your vocation. The devil wins. That's all he wants to do. He's very content to have church members all across this country that are living foolish and wicked lives. They don't even know what the breastplate of righteousness is. 
Any compromise with sin gives place to the devil and provides for the flesh. Do not do it. A breastplate protects your vital organs and righteousness is essential. I'm not going to make it any further. There's too many other points I want to bring up. I wanted to make it all the way through, but forget it. Truth and righteousness. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There is mighty power in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read about it in Paul's lives, Paul's life. I should say lives. You can read about it in Paul's lives. He did come back to life, didn't he? Okay, that's what I meant. I'll try to cover my hair lip every time I can. Paul's lives, because he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was, he was whipped and beaten, but he had a breastplate of righteousness on, and he had the truth. He was carrying the truth. And look at the power the Lord Jesus Christ gave him. He said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am. I've been abased, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm a, the Lord sends me thorns in the flesh, and I rejoice and say, forgive me some more. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in infirmities. Would you please tell me who's giving him the power to say that? You guys stub your toe. I guys. I guys stub my toe or get a traffic light at the wrong time and we're torqued out of shape. Paul wasn't torqued out of shape with his whole life upside down. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities because he had on truth and he had on righteousness and he had the power of the Lord Jesus Christ with him. There is power available because the Lord Jesus Christ has already defeated the devil. How do we get his power? How do we get the power of Jesus Christ? You submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You do everything in the all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever let the devil say, that name don't mean nothing to me. Seven sons of Sceva tried that on me one time. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you're obeying Him, you are in an entirely different category than the seven sons of Sceva. You preach, sing, you, you preach, teach, sing, talk about, and love the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They hate that name because it's the name of a man who has defeated them already and made an open show of them. We can beg God for the Holy Spirit and His angels to put a hedge about us and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, who is the head of all principalities and powers, will tell those and commission those angels to come and protect you. You can walk in the Spirit and have the full assurance and power of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is grace and power in Jesus Christ and Paul told Timothy to believe and obey Him that He would have that grace and power in His life. You can go forward in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to walk through the Red Sea or to walk on top of it if you believe. What happened to Peter? He took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ and started worrying about his circumstances. Otherwise, he had the power to walk on water. Moses had faith for Israel. He lifted up his rod, the Red Sea divided, and the nation of Israel walked through on dry ground. It says the Egyptians are saying to do so. That means trying. A saying means attempting. We're drowned. Truth and righteousness. Can we walk out of here with that simple of a lesson? And the first lesson being how we work on the job when we go out to work tomorrow. Truth. Do you love it in the church? Do you love it in doctrine? 
Are you thankful for the things you've learned that are true? Are you keeping it maintained in your home? Are you an honest person that always tells the truth? You don't feign anything. You don't pretend anything. You're not a hypocrite. There are no lies in your life. That's a lot of truth. God convict us. That's a lot of truth. Right. And then righteousness. Always doing what is right, even down to the intimacy of our bedrooms, which is what God put in the Bible as an illustration, not mine. Lord, help us. Have mercy upon us. We want to stand in the evil day in the name and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us do so.